Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Jaguar Podcast. I'm your host, Victor. I hope you're doing well. Um, it's a new month, the month of September, and that means that year is coming to an end. On today's episode, like every other episode, I always have a guest um, who talks us through their journey being a Nigerian in the diaspora. Today's episode, I have a fellow podcaster, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Mena Igo Wubere, and... I study physiotherapy in Hungary. All right. Thank you very much for joining us today, Mena. Yeah. So how have you been? What have you been up to? Um, I've been good. I actually traveled. I just got back last night or this morning, um, early hours of this morning. I traveled to London, just got back. All right. How was your trip to London? It was good. It was good. My family's there, so I just went to see my family. Oh, okay. Before school starts. So I start school on tomorrow, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to visit the UK earlier this year, but it didn't work out. But hopefully by next year, I should do that. And myself, I actually kind of also did a very short trip, just about five okay. hours, traveled by train. I went to Salzburg, which is okay. in Austria. Yes, I came back last night but then I had a friend who had visited briefly so mm-hmm. we basically spent the night together and this morning and so I've just basically tried to set up my space and clean up all the things I couldn't do during the weekend because I wasn't I was away okay yeah how so, was it sorry I said how was it I mean it was a nice trip I really had a good okay. time and for the first time because you know how it is thinking about thesis. I mean, I'm doing my thesis, so my okay. is coming to an end. For the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking about my thesis too much. When am I going to finish? Will I meet yeah. the deadline? Thinking about what's next after studies. But at least for the past two days, I've not had time to think about that because I was basically with friends and having a good time. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I can imagine. So um, I was going to ask a very funny question. Your name, even for in Nigeria, I think I'm struggling with it. Let me t- try. Really? Yes, because I think it's, it's. I mean, generally I travel, I struggle with any name that is not an Igbo name, to be honest. But I imagine now that you're in Hungary, has, have you had any challenges? I mean, of course you would have had, but how do you react to it when people mispronounce your name? Um, okay, so I have three names. Obviously, my first name, my middle name, and my last name. Yeah. My middle name is a bit easier to pronounce. So I think just in general, like in class, or if maybe someone is trying to, when someone sees my name and person is trying to pronounce it, so they pronounce my middle name. My middle name is Rosabella. So when I hear Rosabella, I just know it's me. They don't, okay. they usually don't, or Mena, but they usually don't even try when it comes to my last name, because I even I know how difficult it is, <laughs> even for Nigerians. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, my name is just Pivlet as my last name, but yeah, nobody pronounces it correctly. Nobody, nobody. Your and last name? Yes, my last name is Njoko. Okay. Everybody pronounces it Njoko. Right. Yes, because the German J, they pronounce it as a Y. Why? So, they once they see the J, they pronounce it wrongly. I'm always like, the first one was like, surely this is not me. <laughs> <laughs> but now I've gotten used to it. So um let's quickly jump into it. So, how did your journey to Hungary start? Um I think okay, so 
basically in Nigeria, I feel everyone here, maybe not everyone, but I don't want to say 70%, but a lot of people came through a school called Global International College. Okay. Um, they have two branches. There's one in Lagos and there's one in Abuja. And they basically are affiliated to schools here in Hungary. Yeah. And my brother actually attended the school before he went to do his law degree in the UK. So it was like, oh, when I'm done with secondary school, I will just go there. And then from there, you know, come here. Um, the plan was to go there, do my pre-med, and then after pre-med, come here for medical school. But um, I had a friend who I grew up with. She also went to that school. And after doing her pre-med in that school, and she did, did the entrance exams to come here for medical school, yeah. they put her in pre-med again. And so it was like, and it wasn't just her. So it, it just looked like they were not accepting people into medical school directly. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that was when the switch happened. I, I barely even had time to even do anything. I, everything was fast. I did the exam, got into pre-med. I hadn't even, so because I went to a British school and we, we did our IGCSEs early on. Yeah. So I just did my IGCSEs to get into pre-med here in Hungary. And yeah, that, that was it. So I basically came here earlier than I planned because yeah. um because it, it didn't make sense to do pre-med to, in Nigeria yeah, and then if I'm still gonna come here yeah. and do pre-med again. So that was how I ended up here in Hungary. Um I don't know how I don't know. I, I I know we discuss other countries. We discuss the UK. We discuss Ukraine. We discuss Poland, and we discuss um some other Caribbean countries. But we just settled for Hungary at the end of the day. So yeah, yeah that's how I found myself here. Can you mention the name of the invest the school you mentioned again? Because I I never heard about it before until now. So basically, from what I understand, you said so when you study from this school, it kind of helps with your pathway to Hungary. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of other countries actually, not just okay. Hungary, even some even in, even the UK as well. Okay. Um, it's called Global International College. All right, so it's like a private yeah, university in Nigeria. It's not a secondary, it's like a an A-level Yeah, like an A-level college. Yeah. Okay. That's what, yeah, that's what it is. So they do A-levels, they do um foundation and stuff like that. Yeah. In, okay. Yeah. I mean th- that that makes sense. So um I was going to ask, was there a particular reason hungry became like the choice? Being that you could have explored um, other options. So I am I'm actually British, okay. a British Nigerian. So I do have a British citizenship. And I think it would have been easier if I had gone to school in the UK. Exactly. But at the time, I wanted to study medicine. And medicine is very competitive. At that time, I just had an IGCSE certificate. Yeah. And so I needed to do an A-levels. And to get into A-levels, you need like A star, A star, A star, or A star, A star, A, you know. Yeah. Just return ridiculous grades to get into medical school. And I'm not saying that I couldn't do it, but I I just felt my parents and I were just realistic. Yeah. I can't I, imagine. Easier option. 
yeah imagine if i had gone for a levels and i didn't pass and i'll end up you know it just yeah it was just easier i knew that i'm coming here i'm doing an exam and when i pass that's it it was just easier. and obviously it's cheaper as well because um it's cheaper to live here yeah. in general so everything just just worked out better for me i mean i, th- I think that makes sense and because usually Hungary is not one of those countries Nigerians frequent. So yeah. when I, of course, when I saw you were in Hungary, I'm like, okay, it would be nice to talk about the Hungary experience. How does one even find themselves in Hungary? And I think your path is a bit different from the usual path because most Nigerians, or let me not say most, but a good number of Nigerians who leave for studies, go to even still try to get into Canada or the US or mm-hmm the UK and recently Germany but then you went straight to Hungary I'm going to quickly ask um so you mentioned that you're a British citizen and your family live in the UK or in London so like at what point did you move to Nigeria was it just for the let's say the A-level course or were you did you grow up in Nigeria how did your arrangement or your growing up work um okay so let me correct that my parents actually live in Nigeria my okay. parents live in Nigeria I have four siblings, and two of them live in the UK. Oh, okay. Um, because when you said you're from, I thought, ah, your family live in the UK, and then how did no, Nigeria happen? Um, yeah. My parents are just in the UK a lot. And oh, so okay. because it's closer, it's just easier for me to just go to the UK. But I actually do not remember living in the UK at all. Okay. I just, my mom says we moved back when I was six months old. I know I, I went to the UK a lot growing up, maybe some summers, but yeah, that's that's it. I lived in Nigeria fully, completely, you know. So the plan was to move back because all my siblings, my four siblings went to school in the UK. So it was like a thing that of, oh, I'm also going to go as well. But plans changed, you know. Yeah. So now that, I, now that we talk about it, so being that you frequented UK, I, I mean, imagine that maybe one or two other countries before you went to Hungary. Like, can you try to reconcile your expectations when you went to Hungary and what became the reality? I don't know if you get my question. Yes, I do. Um, Honestly, I don't know why, but I just had this, like, TV perception. Like, I thought maybe they would be very behind. Okay. Um or backward to be honest i actually came to hungary a year before i i visited a year before i actually moved here i came here on holiday so when i came that time i was like ah so this how so this how hungry is like i couldn't believe it so that was like another thing that even influenced my decision even more the fact that i came here and it wasn't as bad and obviously i spoke to people that lived here so to be honest i didn't know what to expect coming here i just had I just said, I'm just coming. I don't know anything. And luckily for me, I came with my friend. So yeah. we came, we traveled together, we came here together, we settled in together, everything we had. So I had someone that I could, you know, lean on if, you know, for support, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, because for me to, I think half my journey would have been, my journey would have been a whole lot more difficult if I didn't have my friends. So I have... Yeah three Nigerian friends I live in the same building with. Okay. And then two of them and I came at the same time. We met during the orientation because I started my program online back in Nigeria. We met during the orientation program. Just, I know how you got admission. 
Yeah. class, and there are two Nigerians. So luckily for us, we clicked at the time because one thing is having Nigerians in class and then clicking with them. So we yeah, clicked of course. at the time, we processed our visa together, we came in together. And living together was also a bit coincidental. We were just looking for apartment and I found something, one person found the next, another one. And we're like, okay, this is actually in the same building. Before you know it, we, we're all in the same building and it's journey yeah. easier because one, but the, one person learns one thing, he or she sharing with the other members and we're just getting all the information together. And then when the tips are done, when you need to like talk about all the stress, you know, someone that could basically relates to the stress yeah and the next person now another nigerian friend now she also joined my program she had met one of a friend a relative to one of the other of the my other friends and they reconnected us together and it's been like having the big support system kind of makes the journey easier like the trip yeah. i told you we went on to help them salzburg we went together yeah. and it was just fun basically traveling together doing everything together so imagine that you having your friend would definitely make your journey less stressful. Um, yes, but actually I moved. So when I came to Hungary, I um did my pre-med in a city called Debrecen. Okay. And after my pre-med, I moved to another city called Pech. So initially it was great, like having my friends around, that was great. But then I moved to a whole other city that I didn't know anyone at all, which oh. is the city I am now. So it was hard and it just took me some time to actually come to terms with the fact that I had moved. Yeah. You know, it just like it was hard. It was really difficult because I sort of like looked at my life in a different way before moving. Yeah. So after I moved, it's like I'm alone, it's just me. But um yeah, I guess it's it's better now for sure because I've met people, I've made friends. But um initially it wasn't all great. Yeah, so, I can yeah. imagine. So talking about you making your friends, how are they because I don't really know the um population of Nigerians in Hungary, but I'm going to ask from your experience, are they do you meet a lot of Nigerians and how are the relation? How do you form relationship with Nigerians when you meet them in Hungary? Is it difficult? Is it just as easier to have been back home in Nigeria? Mm, I don't know, <laughs> but actually, so the first time I came here, yeah. you know, during orientation week, I remember trying to speak to someone, and she just gave me this really off energy, oh, and that no. just put me off. That just put me off, and um, I was in medical school at the time. Yeah. Before I started, started studying physiotherapy. So I was studying general medicine before. Yeah. And um, yeah, so she, we're not a lot. I mean, there are more Nigerians in my new faculty now okay. compared to, you know, medical school. And yeah, the energy was just off. And I was just like, you know what? I think I'm doing this alone. Um, yeah, I just wasn't cut out for that. I didn't want to feel like I was begging anyone or for friendship. Yes. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to feel that way. But um, I think just within during you know after that semester, the following semester, I met people. I meet people in church, mostly church to be honest. Yeah. Mostly church or parties if you go out, and to be honest. I don't know. I don't know what Nigerians are. I may be wrong, but I just feel 
they're not really friendly. Even I am not friendly, so it's not. <laughs> yeah, like it, sometimes, like Nigerians are not really friendly. I mean, some people are worse than others. I don't think I'm as I'm really as I'm as bad as some people, but I don't think Nigerians are really friendly. To be honest, really, you be the first person out here say that. Why would you? Think I don't you think friendly. Maybe yeah. here. <laughs> okay, yeah. Nigerians because... are not friendly, in my yes. opinion. Yeah, I've heard people say that when they meet other Nigerians outside of the country, they are not as friendly. I've not had the experience. I'm always shocked, which is why I had to ask if it's easier for you to, because I've heard people talk about it, but from my experience, when I meet Nigerians, it's always very easy for us to become friends. At least I have other Nigerian friends I've met within my time here, and I never had any problem with them. But I hear other people talking about it. I'm always like, is it true? Which is why I had to ask you. And I can imagine how you must have felt trying to reach out to someone and they're giving you a cold shoulder. I'm, yeah. I can't deal with that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was, I just, I just, me, I give up easily. So I was like, no way I'm doing this. It's not. Yeah, I can possible. imagine. I, I totally too. I think when it comes to friendship, if it doesn't, I think when it comes to friendship and relationship, if it's, if you have to put a lot of work into it, then it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Necessary, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Okay, so you have a podcast with your friend, yeah. I'm trying to remember her name, starts with the letter O. Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> Should I remind you? Or Please do, you? God forgive okay. me. My god, her name is Oyinda. Oyinda, yes. Yeah. So, if I understand correctly, she's the one you said you went to Hungry with around the same time, right? She's actually not. Oh, really. So, Okay. Um. So, uh, this is a, this is a story. So the the person I came to hungry with, um, she went to that school I mentioned earlier. Yeah. The Global International College, but she went to the one in Abuja. Okay. And then um, Oyinda went to the one in Lagos, and they met because they started having online classes together, yeah. and they both came to hungry. And so my friend from Abuja introduced me to her. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was how that happened. All right. So let's talk about the podcast. At what point did you decide I was going to do a podcast and what was the what was the inspiration behind it? Um, I decided last year, okay. February. I think it was February. Yeah, February last year. Um it was just it was more like a I don't know how we were both thinking the same thing yeah. and we agreed to start. It took a lot of time for us to finally even put out an episode, but um, we did it. And it's just because I think I might sound self-absorbed, but I really think I'm really interested if you check out my podcast. And just That's us really interesting. <laughs> just us having conversations together. I think, you know, they're really, you know, it's really interesting. I think I'm entertaining and funny. So I was like, a lot of people, other people have to hear this. I can't just keep this to myself. So, yeah, that was basically what happened and how we decided. And honestly, I'm shocked. I can't lie because I consider myself, I'm not really serious like with things like this. And so just the fact that I am doing this and we're still going, you know, it's something I'm really, really happy about and something I'm really, really proud of. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it makes sense that you mentioned how you kept on going, even though it's not something you think you'd have done. Because I say this, when I was back in the university in Nigeria, I had a blog. Mm -hmm. It was successful, at least in my university, but you don't believe I just write whenever I wake up and feel like I like it. 
So I could write 10 articles in one month. The next month I write nothing. Then the next one I do 20. It was so random and just yeah. like it led. And when I wanted to start my podcast, my first concern was, will I be consistent? Yeah. How am I going to do it? And so far, so good. I've been consistent. I started in March. I think I recorded some episode in February, but I think they, they went live in March. And I have not yet missed an episode. Today would have been the day I would miss one, but we'll still find a way to get it live at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. it's for me, it's for me, it's taught me a little bit about myself. The fact that maybe sometimes I can take things seriously, even when I would not assume that. Yeah. And on a, on another side, it also helped with time management because I find myself trying to partition time for school, work, enjoyment or relaxation, and then still partition time for great time for the podcast. Yeah. To be honest, same with me <laughs> as well. I actually have a business. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I cook. And it was just something I randomly mentioned. Like, I didn't think I was actually going to follow through. I just thought, let me just, let me just be cooking, Sha. <laughs> that was what I was doing. <laughs> and I actually have a whole business now. Like, it's actually a thing. Yeah. And and I feel like the old me would not take things like this seriously. Like, and I feel like just like, like as, as human beings, I feel like if you actually want to do something, you will. Maybe you don't really want to do it. True. So when you put your mind and say, okay, I'm going to do this, I feel like you are going to do that thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So how do you now manage studying physiotherapy, which is a very serious medical-related course, and then cooking, and then running a podcast? That sounds like you basically work around the clock. So how do you manage everything? Um. So I cook only on weekends. Okay. Um, Fridays to Sundays. So basically, you can order during the week, but um, I start cooking on Fridays. So what I do is on Thursdays, and maybe if I have any orders for Friday, on Thursdays, I go and buy the ingredients yeah. and just cook on Friday. After class, Friday, even if it's still in the middle of the night, I'm cooking on Fridays, Um, Saturday morning. And then that's usually it. I don't think I've ever had... Actually, I tell you, like, I have orders for Sundays, but it's just the mornings. Yeah. So I divide it. I can't spend the whole day cooking when I have other things to do. Yeah. The only day that I can waste, in quotes, is Fridays. Like, Fridays I can cook. Or if I don't have any classes or anything, I cook on Fridays fully. But Saturday, just morning, Sunday morning, that's it. And then for my podcast, we record every Wednesday. Okay. Um, because we put out episodes every week. So we record every Wednesday. And sometimes it's my turn to edit. We kind of interchange. So yeah. if it's my turn to edit, I edit. If it's her turn, she edits. So that's just how it is. It's not really, it does, it sounds like it's a lot, but yeah. it's not a lot, you know. And classes, for me, I have classes every single day. Um, yeah. sometimes I can start in the morning and finish by 7, 8 but I make it work to be honest I make it work and I do what I have to do 
I mean, I find it fascinating that you said it's not a lot because how do you say you go to classes from Monday to Friday and then come back? Did you say 6.30 or 7.30 and then you say it's not a lot? Even classes alone is a lot, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because like I just, sometimes it depends on the kind of classes. Maybe sometimes it's just normal lectures. I just have to sit there and be present. But then if it's like practicals for hours, that can be a lot. Or if it's not that, then you know it's fine. It sounds like it's it sounds like I'm suffering or something, but no, of course, really it doesn't not. mean you're suffering, but it just means that because you have a lot on your table, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think from what you said, you basically devised a strategy that works, which is Wednesdays for my podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm going to class regardless, and then Monday yeah. to go to class, I have to do that then weekend is for cooking which is also like so i think it's basically you, you're just describing how you've been able to manage and organize your life yeah but it doesn't make it less of a lot <laughs> the fact that you manage it doesn't hey, no. make it less of a lot yeah <laughs> because i think some people not, not everybody would be able to even be honest with themselves in terms of understanding when they will be free when what time they can create if you get my drift yeah, of course. From listening to your podcast, I also know that you watch a lot of films, which you yeah, enjoy doing. So even to even do that and still find time to relax, it just shows your strength and your ability as a person, but it doesn't also mean that what you're doing is not a lot. Mm-hmm. But I don't mean that when I say you're doing a lot, it doesn't also mean that I think you're suffering, of course. <laughs> yeah. So based on your experience studying in Nigeria, let's talk about that again. Or maybe let's talk about the podcast some more. Because you, from the content of your podcast, you talk a lot about Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular reason you still focus on talking about Nigeria? You didn't think to do a podcast that revolves around maybe Hungary or things within your immediate environment, but you still focus on Nigeria. Is there a particular reason you decided on that? And what if there are, what are the reasons? Um, I am going to leave Hungary when I'm done with my degree. Okay. I'm not going to, I don't plan to stay here. Yeah. And if you notice, or if, yeah, if you notice, we start with our lives, yeah. maybe how our weeks have gone. And then after that, we speak about what's going on in Nigeria. And that's how it's going to be. Because if I move to another country, or if we move you know, that's how it's going to be. I don't want you to be hungry because I'm going to live here someday. I'm not going to be here, you know, for, we are not going to be here permanently. I mean, and let me speak for myself. I am not going to be here permanently. So, yeah, that's, you know, that was the thought process behind everything. Sometimes speak about our experiences, but not really, because to be honest, our audience isn't really, we're not really looking at a Hungarian audience. Yeah, we're looking at an Nigerian audience. audience so, yes, you know, that's what's that's the reason. And then yeah. I was actually thinking you'd say something, maybe let me not I was let me say more profound, like maybe that it connects you back to Nigeria and all of those wanting wanting very international <laughs> people would say. <laughs> Please, this doesn't connect me. <laughs> maybe something very deep and serious. <laughs> There's nothing deep, please. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think it makes sense too because, like you said, the target audience being the Nigerian audience, like my podcast, 
before I said my podcast, I always thought I wanted to do a podcast, but I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then it hits me. Maybe let's talk about the experience of Nigerians who live in abroad. And I said, well, when I started thinking about it, it was actually when I moved. But before I moved, I remember also when I was trying to do my research, I was always hoping I could find more personal stories about people who are in some of the countries I considered. And they were not there. The only things you could see is maybe the YouTubers who are talking about just their experience. I wanted something that is more diverse, not maybe mm-hmm. a particular content creator, just random people you may never meet, just hearing their story. So it was, yeah. like, it was like, actually, this is an important thing I could start doing because, you know, when you move, you're realizing, um, goodness, this is my life. And then you're realizing you have to learn a, new, a lot of new things. You're trying to adjust your... For me, I think it was hard. I know a lot of people would want to make moving seemed like it's an easy thing for me it was not the easiest mm-hmm. so I just found that I needed I felt like maybe if there was something like my podcast I would have it would have given me a little more hope which is why I thought okay let's do this and but primarily my target audience was also Nigerians I it would be nice if I have foreign audience at least I've had people if you um non-Nigerians listen to it like a German friend even reached out was trying to even make comparisons between the attitude of some of the people I've interviewed and his view views on some of their personal lives and overall I'm like this is interesting I mean it's good to see someone who is German listening to it and connecting to the personas of the yeah. um, of my guests but for me he's not the target audience my target audience is still the Nigerians who are trying to move out of the country so they can understand clearly what the journey is going to look like when they move and then those that already moved so they can also know what's the journey. So first of all, they don't know, they know that they are not alone, which is one of the things someone researched and was like, thank you for this podcast. At least I know that I'm not alone on this journey. And it was very refreshing to see such a um a message because it's like, okay, yes, maybe I'm making a little impact. But yeah, it's still the same thing about maybe finding a, an audience and focusing on the audience. Yeah. Sorry, I went on. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk more about your um experience now in Hungary. So try to make a comparison between studying in Hungary and studying in Nigeria. What do you think are the key differences, maybe the similarities? Um, differences. So one thing I like about Hungary that a lot of people don't believe me when I say is here you can write exams up to four times, meaning you can write the first one. If you don't pass, you can come again, you can go again, and that's how it works. Um, you can write whenever you want to. There's no direct exam date. There's no oh, okay, second of September, um, anatomy exam. That's not how it is. Yeah. So there's that which which I'm really grateful for. You can. Retake when you don't pass. You can repeat if maybe you don't like your grade. So that's something I really, really appreciate about studying here, which I am very sure does not happen in Nigeria. And in many other countries as well. No, um, I think, yeah, sorry to cut you short. Here in Germany, I think you have, is it three or maybe two? I don't know. I've never explored it. But you have options to write exams. I think it's two. 
So let's say they have the first date. You, have, you can choose for that or you can choose for the second date. And if you write the first date, by the time you, you don't like a result, you can just apply to write the second time. It doesn't affect your CGPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing, maybe another thing that Nigeria will be better at is just like the language barrier. You know, sometimes the teacher will pronounce a word and I'm like, what did, what did this person say? You know? But another thing I feel like about university or studying in general is that it's not even about what you're being taught in class. Like, for me, it's about understanding the concept on your own. Yeah. So, but I feel, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I stand corrected. But I think the Nigerian teachers maybe um, explain more. You know, I feel like the Hungarian teachers are like, I can't really speak. No, it's not like they can't speak English, but it's not their first language at the end of the day. So yeah. they just say the one they can say. You know, sometimes it's not easy to construct sentences in a language that is not yours. So yeah. it's a bit difficult passing the message across. But I think that's basically it. Yeah, I think yeah. even for me, like what you said now about the explaining part, I was actually discussing this with a friend today. So Nigerians, Nigerians lecturers tend to give you more theoretical framework, more explain a lot more about the concept you are learning. You may not have a practical experience, but they are going to sh- sh- take your, their time to explain the subject to you. But here, they don't care so much about you understanding the theoretical aspect for my course, for instance. They just want to have a practical experience. So just give you tits, bits of information and give you tasks that are very practical and then give you feedback when you're done with the task and then keep it moving. They expect you, from what I've learned, to build on the theoretical knowledge, research on it, learn on it, and all of that. And also imagine that language could be a problem like you mentioned. So which is I'm going to also go ahead and ask you, how does the, what's your knowledge of, is Hungarian, that's language they speak, right? In Hungary. So what's your level of Hungarian proficiency and how does maybe your inability to speak or maybe inability ability to speak now affect your experience living in Hungary as a foreigner? Um, I don't speak any Hungarian. Let me not say, okay, I can greet, um, I can count. <laughs> um, in the store when someone says the, the price of something, maybe I go to buy something and the um, cashier, I don't know what that's what they're called, but the person tells me the price and I can be able to tell that, oh, this is what the person is saying. Yeah. But besides that, I can't really speak Hungarian. Um, maybe I understand a few, some... A little bit, to be honest, but not really. Um, we do learn medical Hungarian, but that's just about it. And medical Hungarian is basically focused on interacting with patients. Yeah. And so just asking questions like, how are you? What's wrong with you? You know, body parts and stuff like that. Nothing serious. And so that, because of that, I can't work. Yeah, yeah I can't work because um, we obviously cannot communicate. So that's a problem. There are lots of jobs that someone wants to apply for, and you know, one of the requirements is being able to speak Hungarian. And fair enough. But I personally, I'm I don't think I'm willing to fully learn the language aside class, like aside like what is required of me yeah. for my course. I, I don't think it's necessary to be honest. Um when I need to communicate and person doesn't understand what I'm saying, Google Translate is my friend. 
I am just going to translate. That's how I communicate with my landlady. That's how I communicate with my cleaner. That's all, you know. There's nothing I can do, to be honest. I mean, I think I like the honesty about not even wanting to put a lot of effort into it. But yeah, yeah I think, so here it's, most a good number of people speak German. I used to say that when I come to Germany, I'm going to improve my German. But I meet someone and I'm still trying to struggle to construct a sentence and the person switches to English just to make my life easier. So <laughs> who am I not to take it? <laughs> right. At least they can switch to English. Yes, a good, a good number can speak English. Even That's if really they good. don't speak fully, at least they could understand you. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that 60% of Germans speak English. Um, I, I think I, I've been to Croatia before, actually, and I think they speak English more. They speak more English than the Hungarians. Here, it's like, why are you speaking English to me? Why don't you know my language? You know? So, I can imagine. Yeah. So now, um, what's your biggest, exp- in terms of challenges now, what would you consider your biggest challenges adjusting to the Hungary- Hungarian environment? Challenges? Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't think. So honestly, I think it's super chill. It's been super chill for me. Okay. I don't think I've experienced any challenges per se or it's not coming to mind yeah let me just say it's not coming to mind right now I mean she's had a very good run I must say (laughs) yeah I have let's have a good run but let me ask you the question I get asked sometimes by the Germans do you miss your family (laughs) do I miss my family not really (laughs) okay not really because um my sister visits a lot, maybe twice a year. Yeah. She comes here because she's just in the UK, so she can come. I see my mom once a year, which is fine. And we speak on the phone. Yeah. I speak to my dad a lot. Like, I'm I'm in touch with my family. So it's not like I'm... Even my friends that are not here, I don't really feel like... You're missing them here. so much. Yeah, like, I'm just... I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Let me know, I don't say I'm not missing them, but... <laughs> I'm okay with the way things are. So I had said in one of my episodes that I miss the Nigerian environment more than I miss the people that I left in Nigeria. And one of my sisters had to, was like, so is that, are you being honest? (laughs) (laughs) But I think for me, because like for me, even most of my friendships, when I was in Nigeria, were in distant places. I, I was in Lagos, I had friends who were in Abuja, Pony and Lagos, if I lived on the mainland at some point before I moved to the island, a good number of my friends were on the island. They were basically were not people I could just call and meet. So it felt almost like it was a, a distant friendship. You have to be on the phone most of the times to build some kind of connection with your friends. And for me, it never changed. The only thing that changes now that maybe in, in the past in Lagos, if I need to meet them, we just agree on to meet on Saturday or whatever day of the week and we meet. But now, of course, it's it should take a lot of planning, who is going to fly to who and all of that. So yeah. I think, yeah, so for me, missing people, it's it didn't feel much because most of my connections before I left Nigeria happened over the phone. And I still use my Nigerian for WhatsApp because what am I changing it? Right. <laughs> Call everybody, text everybody I'm supposed to 
text. It doesn't feel much different. The only thing that feels basically different for me is the environment because here it's summer and the next thing is autumn and the next thing is winter and it's spring. And the time it's hot for me is summer. All the other year round is cold and I'd rather not. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think I think it's good that you've had a really um good experience because also I think sometimes you speak to people and you realize that the experience have not been the easiest. Like I met someone who really have been struggling to make new friends, and I meet people who've been struggling to get jobs and a lot of different things. So I think it's good that you really have had an easier run, which is which is a good thing. Yeah. Um honestly, maybe maybe I just can't remember <laughs> any issues I might have had. But I think in general, just yeah. looking at it, yeah, in general, I just think you know, everything has been good. Making friends, maybe making friends at a point, but now not anymore. Um not anymore. That's not an issue for me anymore. Well, yeah. All right, so maybe I think we'll maybe try to round off. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about the food business a little bit more because I never knew you did a food business. Was that something you've ever wanted to do or just something that happened? Or And also, how are your customers mostly Nigerians or do you um, have non-Nigerian customers? My food business, I don't know. You know, I actually don't know how that happened. I know I'd spoken about it with my friend. I was supposed to start it together. Oyinda. Yeah. Yeah. We had spoken about it before. I was supposed to do the baking and I was supposed to do the cooking. But I moved to another city. And when I moved here, I would just cook for people I knew, you know, once in a while. It wasn't anything serious. Yeah. Until my friend recommended me for an event of 50 i had never cooked that much food before that was a lot of food and so that was just where it started from more or less yeah and my customers are mostly nigerians i don't think i've had a non-nigerian customer now that i think about it if i have maybe all the other this meat pie because that's the only thing that obviously nigerian meat pie so but apart from that i think I would say 97 or 98% of my customers are Nigerians. Yeah. yeah. For now, hopefully, um, you know, I get other customers from other countries. I mean, do you know, I used to tell my friends that I wish I could have a Nigerian chef I could buy food from because I am just one more cooking away from being so angry <laughs> <laughs> see i've never cooked so much because at least last year i spent in lagos i actually never cooked at all more than a year actually i didn't cook at all. i used to just order food buy food and all of a sudden i move and i'm cooking it felt very weird and <laughs> i hate cooking to be honest and i actually admire people who can cook maybe cook professionally and all of that because how do you even choose to do something that's hard as a way to make money but it's, yeah, I think I think the most important thing that you enjoy it, and then you're able to <laughs> make your money at the end of the day. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so I'm going to. I was going to ask. Do you think there's something we left out we could have talked about? I don't think so. 
All right. So maybe there's a point I ask you if there's any particular advice you'd give someone who is considering um, moving to Hungary for school, maybe something they would have in mind that would make their life a little easier than what you've had. Mm-hmm. Coming to Hungary. Um, I get asked a lot about racism okay. here. And for me, maybe it's just me, but I don't think it's that serious, you know. When you don't pay attention to things and just don't, not let it get to you, there's no racism. Uh, let's say there's no racism, but it's not that serious. It's not going to affect your daily you know Even. your daily life yeah you know so there's this perception about this part of europe and racism it's not as serious and there's nobody's throwing eggs at you or anything you can actually just walk normally you know everything will be fine um studying in hungary is not easy i can't lie but it will be worth it at the end so yeah that's it I think that makes sense. And I think I like that I mentioned the racism thing because I've, I've, I really do usually forget to talk about them, racism as a subject, because maybe it's also because I've not been had an experience of it. Also, because one of the things I realized that we, who most of us who grew up in Nigeria, so don't, are not very, um, what's the word now, very sensitive to racism as those people who grew up abroad. I'm going to give an example. When I was, I lived in Austria briefly. Had his Nigerian friend, he's British Nigerian, and he lived mostly in the UK. There are things that will happen, and he's going to like the way someone would look at us, and he's like, he's making a very long racism speech about it. And I'm like, but this person is just looking at you. <laughs> of course, yes. You know, and the so like, not that because. Serious. Yes, and I'm like, we're also in a country the way they're not, because in the, in the place I was in Austria then, there weren't, there weren't as many Black people. So in my mind, I'm like, maybe because we are not as many. So when they see one, they're fascinated. Yeah. I'm not even thinking, oh, this person is trying to be disrespectful. But he has an analysis for the different ways people can look at you and what they could potentially mean. I'm always like, are you serious? Me, I thought I was like, okay, I understand you, but can we not keep talking about this? Because it felt like he was just talking about something I would never get. Mm-hmm. And again, I, you know, it's not something I can't tell people's. I mean, what's about um, what's it called? Um, nonverbal communication is that you don't really know what the person is trying to say. Yeah. Except the person tells you. So even of if you speak at me a certain way, I can't tell for sure if they are malicious. As long as yeah. I don't feel offended, I think it's fine. You can only assume. Exactly. You can't, you can't tell, yeah. And I wouldn't want to bother myself as you mean how everybody looks at me. There are a lot of people I'm seeing on the way every day. If I keep on thinking about if they're looking at me in a pleasant or not pleasant, racist, I would have a very bad day. And this is not to say that racism doesn't exist. This is not to say that there are not people who might be looking at you in a very malicious way, but just that maybe our interpretation of it, because we are not, we grew up in an environment where we didn't have to deal with it. We are not maybe as sensitive to it as the people who have lived longer in Western countries. Um. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, for me, it's not that, it's not that serious, to be honest. 
it's not it's not gonna affect you in any way. As long as you just ignore and not pay attention to little things. Like what you just said, like someone's there they do the, they do it all the time. <laughs> all the time. Imagine if every single person that stares at me, I'll just be angry and saying, Why why are you looking at me? You know, especially in this city I am. It's a small city. Yeah. So I don't feel not let me use this city as an example. There's a city I went to. I promise you, I could have been the only black person in that city. Yeah. Because like there, I don't think I'd ever seen anyone like that before. You know, like me before. Yeah. So imagine now, now I'm angry. Like why is this person looking at me? Yeah, I'm just giving myself unnecessary headache because I'm sure. I'm just assuming that this is what this person is thinking. I'm not sure 100% exactly. that's what so. All right. Thank you very much for indulging me on coming to my podcast. I think we've had a very beautiful conversation. Yes. Um, thank you for yeah. having me. I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I did. Okay. So once again, thank you for joining the podcast. And if you've gotten to this part of the podcast, thank you for joining. And I hope you've learned one or two things or at least was entertained. And please do um, subscribe on your preferred podcast streaming platform and do share with your family and friends or anybody who might be interested in the topic. Also like, drop a comment or rating. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye. Bye.